So this is the final uh, session in a educational discussion series on trans rights. Um, the title is um, The Fight for Trans Rights in the, in the Labour Movement Today. Um, the speaker is uh, Zach from Workers' Liberty um, in Bristol. So yeah, so transphobia, transphobia in our society is, is widespread with, with trans people facing severe and pervasive discrimination, harassment and social exclusion. In many places around the world, um, such as uh, the USA, evidence seems to, seems to suggest that uh, violence against trans people is increasing. Um, trans and non-binary people uh, fa face many obstacles to social recognition of their desired genders, um, and also obstacles to access of uh, to medical and other kind of specific support um, that, that they um, seek. Um, kind of as a result of a combination of these, these factors, um, there are uh, extremely high rates of mental health issues, self-harm, attempted suicide and so on amongst trans people. Um, with all that kind of negative background, there have been moves in positive directions in, in many places in, in recent years, uh, with general changes of opinions uh, and, and kind of laws and and, and provisions in, in a lot of places um, and in the UK um, there was a kind of floated and consulted upon but uh, not uh, not uh, passed into law kind of amendments to the Gender Recognition Act. Um, so I'm gonna now share my screen if I can. I've got some uh, top quality slides for you all. Um, so uh, this this is a graph. Um, I think there's some. I don't, can you all see that? Yeah. Um, so um, the, I mean, I think the the kind of survey that this came from, it you know, it wasn't a large enough pool to necessarily, uh, you know, a, a attach like a huge amount of significance to specific figures. But anyway, I thought thought this is quite a recent study. Thought this was quite kind of like interesting in. In what I was saying, in particular, like I, I thought the kind of age gradient would be steeper, and there's a, there's a kind of a bit of a a, a, a kind of, well, the kind of young it, it isn't entirely linear. Um, the kind of statistics that they had associated with with the same survey, uh, but which aren't represented here, maybe say a, a bit more in in the um, forty nine percent of people. Uh, said that they think uh, discrimination or, uh, or prejudice against trans people is always wrong, which implies that 51% of people don't think that it's always wrong. Um, so the, this is in the UK again. Um, and uh, so about 62% six, of people disagree with the, with, with the, the, the bottom statement. Um, so these are the, this trend is showing kind of negative things. Um, so I think us kind of, I found that useful in terms of thinking about the kind of context that we're that we're having this struggle in. Um, but you know, there are a lot of limitations of the survey, not only the size, but you know, it doesn't tell you about about the kind of vocalness of of you know uh, advocates of trans rights or opponents of trans rights within in different age groups. And you know, of course, as I, I put this up not because I think that seeing things in terms of age is the most useful way of seeing it, but because that is often how people see it. Um, so just briefly then, what, why trans rights? So fundamentally, as, as socialists, uh, we spot the expansion, an expansion of freedom and, and a huge expansion of the possibilities of, 
uh, of human flourishing. We, we stand up for bodily autonomy um, and we oppose oppression and discrimination. And like these kind of basic progressive socialist values, uh, you know, are the, are the kind of like starting point uh, from which we, we support trans rights um, or, or they are our starting point at least. Um, however, um, there are significant forces, significant tendencies within the left, within the labour movement, um, who uh, oppose trans rights. Um, so a lot of people might have seen, oh, how do I? Uh, a lot of people might have seen this cartoon, which was printed in the, published in the Morning Star um, in uh, quite recently. Um, it, it wasn't in isolation. So, so the Morning Star is the kind of only daily newspaper in the UK which claims to be socialist. Um, it uh, is, you know, it has it has links with a lot of the kind of ruling ruling cliques and and upper layers of a lot of trade unions and the Labour Party um, in the country. So, so like, you know, it has a lot of influence and reflects a lot, you know. In, in many ways, many of the ideas of of that kind of s social layer, um, and this, you know, very transphobic cartoon is is in no way a kind of exception to the rule. They printed various transphobic articles and so on. Um, uh, a, a, another kind of important organisation to mention in the context of uh, transphobia on on the left and in the labour movement is Women's Place UK. Um, so this was an organisation set up in, as it says here, in 2017. Um, and from, you know, the description that you can see here and their kind of summary, this is the first thing you get on their website. I mean, it's clear that, you know, as, as you can see from their history, but they don't make any attempt to hide that, you know, they're, they're, they were basically established to kind of push back against aims to, you know, uh, marginally increase well you know, marginally but importantly increase you know trans rights in in, in the specific areas the kind of uh, gender recognition act reforms so women's place uk are, are are relevant because them and the kind of political current around them um you know have influence within various sections of the labor movement uh Haringey and another uh labor party recent uh branch recently passed motions um that were you know, originated from Women's Place UK. Um, they've they've had influence in various other places. So, why why is this? Why were people on the, on the left um, coming to such transphobic perspectives? So, I think kind of it's like to you know, it, 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 in one phrase, I'd say that it's it, it's a retreat from class politics. So, you know, we we have a in Workers' Liberty, we have a socialist feminist understanding of of the world and of of women's oppression and you know from that of the oppression of, of trans people and and uh sexual minorities and uh, and so on um and uh but with a kind of retreat from a class perspective and the defeat of the working class you get uh a, you know a, a, an increase of uh, of political perspectives which uh don't don't place class as central as that which place would see, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about radical, you know, transphobic ra radical feminists or trans exclusionary radical feminism. So radical feminism 
in its root is about saying that you know the fundamental dynamic and and oppression in our society is is a kind of trans historical uh, you know always existing oppression of women by men um uh and but kind of i think i think more more fundamentally in terms of the retreat from class politics is 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 the the role of conspiracy theories and, and kind of conspiratorial thinking um you know if you no longer believe that the, the kind of class dynamics and the complexities of class dynamics drive drives the world and how it changes and that, and that the working class can can fight back it's you know it, it's much easier to believe uh you know in conspiracy theories where you know a, a clique of uh you know the um you know the the you know a clique of Rothschilds control the world or whatever so like a lot of anti, anti a lot of conspiracy theories obviously have anti-semitic elements but 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 a lot of anti-trans thinking has conspiratorial elements. There's also kind of jet, you know, general conservatism. So so the Morning Star takes generally you know conservative uh, you know lines on on a lot of issues, um, uh, and and kind of fueling both those things is 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 Stalinism and a kind of Stalinist. Uh, uh, you know, within the Morning Star is is a kind of you know, a history of kind of Stalinist ideas and uh, and that kind of thing, and, and people might want to talk more about that. That's not the only factor behind conspiratorialism and, and kind of conservatism, but I, th- I, I think those those are some of the key factors in in why we see transphobia on the left. So, so then, kind of like how to fight it. So, I think the first, um, yeah, the, the you know, our general perspective is that we. We, we fight bad ideas, bigoted ideas with with open argument, criticism and, and debate. So, you know, this isn't um, like we, we don't, you know, advocate as a general rule, like shutting down of of meetings in which people from Women's Place UK are talking of, of trying to get them banned from campuses or whatever. In general, we'd advocate, you know, people people go there and debate them, people leave that outside them, you know, proactively champion and argue the case for socialist feminists trans inclusive perspectives um you know beyond just places in which you come across transphobia on the left or or, or on the right um but i i think we need to kind of go beyond that in in the sense that um you know the the way we are going to, to you know not only get rid of transphobia but but like expand trans trans rights and and improve society beyond that is is fighting is 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 fighting through class struggle for a, a socialist feminist programmer, a programmer, a set of demands and a, and a vision in which trans inclusion is central. So that's about fight fighting for more and for better for our class as a kind of united struggle um, for uh, you know the, the 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 interests of the working class of women of trans people and so on and and through that um, undercutting like reactionary tendencies within the left and within the labor movement uh, and um, and bring into a, that kind of kind of trans exclusionary struggle um you know people who might otherwise be influenced by you know such reactionary perspectives i think again there's maybe an analogy that we can think about in terms of anti-semitism in that you know in workers liberty we've done a lot of arguing against anti-semitism on the left but i think we think it's important not only to argue against that with uh you know ideas and debating and publications and so on but also to um have you know to to champion 
we think that anti-Semitism on the left is tied up, for example, in in questions on Israel-Palestine and the, the, the champion, championing a two-state solution and kind of boldly advocating uh, a, a like genuine uh, progressive two-state solution and the kind of politics that come with that is, is one way of, you know, you know, helping the plight of the, the Palestinian people and, and the situation in the Middle East, but also so fighting anti-Semitism within our movement. Um, so, so that's the kind of that. And, and finally, I'll just touch on kind of some of the specific things that we might want to talk about in that we might want to raise in, in the you know in in such a kind of socialist feminist program so uh i'll these uh yeah t- 10 11 different different things here so I'll, I'll quickly touch upon them um and then you know p- people might want to talk about them more in the discussion so the first one is uh, self-identification of uh, going beyond what was proposed in the the amendments to the gender recognition act, I think we want we want self identification where where trans and non-binary people can change their legal de- gender uh, by through a through a declaration, and you know the kind of flip side of that is making institutions and the law uh, gender neutral as far as possible. So so that kind of thing also be- becomes less relevant. Um, we want an, an expansion and more funding of uh, gender identity services and trans healthcare, um, which have have you know uh, have been proved uh, by, by like copious evidence to be uh, ex- extremely beneficial on like a, a number of fronts, um, as well as you know facilitating people's kind of desires and and, and uh, yeah facilitating their kind of freedom and flourishing, um, uh, fighting. But but these things that the trans healthcare that that needs to be part part of a fight for taking the NHS back into democratic public ownership, a huge expansion of funding to it, expansion of other um, you know aspects of the NHS, uh, certainly you know stuff around like uh, the the kind of limitations both legally and in terms of kind of provision and funding for stuff around um, you know sexual health services and, and stuff around re- reproductive rights. Um, tackling harassment, so so the the labour movement needs to take responsibility for tackling harassment and discrimination um, at work and in society. Beyond that, um, be it transphobia, sexism, racism, you know, the, uh, homophobia, etc., uh, disability discrimination, and um, refugees. So so domestic violence refugees have been hugely cut. Um, this disproportionately affects uh, women and disproportionately affects trans people. Um, International solidarity, so, you know, uh, trans people are, you know, oppressed even more than they are in the UK and many places around the world. Um, migrants' rights, LGBT people, trans people face, you know, a lot of obstacles through the through the UK border system. Um, education, so, you know, we, we argue and we fight for uh, secular education for an expanded progressive secular uh uh, RSE relationship and, uh, and sex education, uh, but you know th- th- that should be kind of more expansive to kind of explore questions about gender identity and so on. And sex work, um, you know, champion sex work, work rights kind of legally and also like you know supporting uh, trade union and organising initiatives within within the sex work industry is vital. Uh, you know, for uh, trans people who are, are disproportionately uh you know uh work, work within that industry and, and also women of course um so 
prison is one thing people often talk about um you know uh in, in this debate is like you know women are only prisons and so on um i think you know we want to we want to see prisons as they currently exist, uh, you know, uh, uh, abolished, and, and and what remains of them like completely, completely reworked. Um, so, um, and finally, kind of a shorter working week as uh, as, as part of a, and a, and an expansion of various elements of a, a kind of a, a welfare state to undercut the driving forces behind a lot of the gender binary, um, which um yeah which which drives transphobia sexism um you know discrimination against non-binary people and uh, intersex people and so on um and there's also you know obviously a demand that that we'd want to champion for for, for many other reasons for in terms of the kind of flourishing and uh uh, uh of human freedom and in and the kind of fight for the betterment of our class so um i think i'll leave it there and yeah, come back later. Thanks, Zach. Um, so we've got plenty of time for questions. Uh, a few different things. So, um, yeah, um, I I apologise. It sounds like uh, the emphasis that came across from my like uh, from what I said originally uh, was not as he intended uh, when it comes to like uh, trans. Tr- the different impressions that you know different trans people face and uh, and particularly trans women um i think i mean i agree with uh yeah i i guess uh what kate was saying she disagrees with me on uh i don't uh think i do disagree um like i think yeah trans women both within the left and within society more widely if you look at you know most uh statistics violence or whatever are you know are disproportionately targeted um i think you know you can kind of analyze this in terms of the uh you know convergence of of transphobia and misogyny and often kind of combining to kind of go beyond and kind of a bit different from, from either of them i think various of the things that i kind of put in the program uh you know expanded refuges stuff for combating harassment stuff on sex work and kind of in a slightly different way stuff on prisons um you know are are things which would you know benefit uh, a, a lot a lot of women a lot of trans people and and uh, kind of you know it, it in in particular uh, a lot of trans women um so yeah on stats um yeah i agree it uh the stats of that of that graph were not very good i couldn't uh find any any kind of better graphs um i think in terms of what you i mean it's true that people aren't going to self-report are less likely to self-report their own prejudice although interestingly they the, in that same survey they pointed out that um people's willingness to admit racial prejudice is significantly higher than uh even now in the, in the UK than um, against trans people. But I think what is more telling is um, is what people say about other people. So people who have some kind of, you know, people are quite likely to be like, well, yeah, me, I'm not transphobia, but, you know, I'm not transphobic. But, but you know, other people, you know, when they are, maybe it's not the most unreasonable thing, um, which I think you can see from the statistic that, 
only 49% of people say that other people being transphobic or transphobic prejudice is, is always wrong. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, I think there are limitations to all these statistics. So something I've said elsewhere is um, an international, I've forgotten who it was, um, I could dig it out if anyone wants uh, contact me. Um, uh, so, like international surveys about kind of attitudes um, uh, towards uh, well, all, all sorts of social attitudes, but um, ha- have shown that consistently in every kind of global uh, subcontinental region that um, people the the answers they give the people give about. You know, they, it wasn't phrased in terms of trans people and, and L, LGB people, but, you know, pe- people feel kind of more positive or, or, or less discriminatory against uh, trans people than against, uh, you know, same-sex things. That's what people say in the surveys, but the kind of statistics in terms of discrimination, harassment and violence, you know, paint a different story. And, and, and kind of what's going on behind that is that, like, well, there's a lot of things going on behind that. Like a lot of transphobia um, is is thought of, you know, in interviews with like people who've who've committed like transphobic violence. You know, a lot of what's kind of going on in their heads and and maybe going on at some other social levels is is thought of more in terms of you know things that we might think is to do with like homophobia and like threatening sexualities, things to do with. Uh, like misogyny and so on but it kind of you know comes out as transphobia um yeah kind of third point so i i just like to i realized that i didn't say something that uh i meant to say or should have said in, in kind of response to roxy's question earlier so i think i think one of the telling things about kind of women's place in that kind of uh rhetoric is is people disagreeing with something when like they're disagreeing with something that isn't the case. So just with just as when, you know, people who are like, ah, the IHRA definition of anti-Semitism, you know, says you can't criticise Israel. Um, uh, like people who go around shouting that, normally, like that isn't at all the case of the IHRA definition, and normally means that they actually have some sympathies towards the genuinely more uh, anti-Semitic stuff. Um, and likewise with this, there is nothing in the proposed GLA amendments to get rid of single-sex women-only uh, space and, and recognition of like uh, discrimination against women. There's e- even provisions to allow exemptions um, for, you know, um, that the, if if uh, shelters, for example, wanted to, and I think most shelters have kind of said, well, we wouldn't want to do that anyway. You know, if they wanted to. And exclude uh, exclude trans women and have kind of a cis women only shelter. There are, there are kind of provisions in exemptions to the Equality Act, which means that the GLA amendments wouldn't have even affected that. So, uh, you know, whether that should be the case or not, you know, it's a def- different question. But the fact that people are champion supposedly championing a cause, which is 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 kind of like false, I guess, you know that. That, that that says something and that that's the, they're kind of opening into more transphobia and like 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 ed was saying you know you know people are championing that rather than talking about like more resources for all like we we want more we want like you know much more funding to go into kind of refuges we we shouldn't be talking about like how exactly we divide our prisons and uh, and so on like we shouldn't 
it shouldn't be okay that there are institutions in our society which are you know to the extent that prisons are are like you know uh, inculcators of like I- institutional abuse and violence and sexual abuse um by guards and by inmates against each other um in terms of uh, my second last point yeah in terms of kind of where next i guess kind of echoing some of uh what what kate was saying um i mean i i'm you know i'm not going to try and look into a crystal ball but i think like what's important to recognize is that they as as with lots of things there are contradictory tendencies here so there are in various ways kind of growth you know growth of bits of transphobia here or there there's also you know um there's growth of uh you know pro-trans politics um i think you you know you can see that if you look at you know like anecdotally um the kind of you know the, the kind of politics being raised on on, on on pride or on like uh you know various other things in recent years is one indicator that you know the the fact that um labor leaders felt pressured to kind of respond in certain ways to to demands around pledges recently you know is, is another indicator but i guess fundamentally like you know capitalism has contradictory tendencies as as well as what we can observe in front of us i think it's like important you know if we take a step back like it is beneficial like to to some extent equality between the exploited is beneficial to capitalism in that you know it um like well yeah i i'm not going to get into details of that but you know like uh in terms of maximizing kind of flow and flexibility of labor um you know like transphobic violence is in general is not beneficial to, to to capitalism so that there are tendencies putting one that in one direction on the other hand you know division within the working class can be beneficial to capitalism i mean i don't think you can reduce most of these things into trends just at the level of capitalism but within the left you see contradictory trends as well and i guess it's down to us to intervene to reconcile that in in the in the direction that it should be um i guess kind of a final point to to leave people with is that like you know all all of what we've been talking about and you know talking about the program talking about the demands and so on so on you know will will be achieved and and we need to fight for to for it to be achieved through through class struggle um through struggle in, in the workplace uh uh in you know in the labor party and beyond that um and that the through stroke class struggle and, and particularly through through winning class struggle we can you know help to recenter class and recenter class politics and 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 do away with the the kind of reactionary bollocks that, that we're having to fight i think we can you know looking at examples like lesbians and gay support the the minors women against pay closures in you know both in the minor strike great upheavals of you know in the working class um you know there were really kind of liberatory uh, moments for 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 oppressed groups and in terms of their repercussions that were very significant and, and on a smaller scale in an individual workplace you know fighting for you know some of the things i talked about or even just like improved conditions at work um you know can't you know if if you have any success it can't do anything but like help change to some extent the the kind of 
balance of power at work and how people feel about that and that's only going to help you know or or, or you know that that can play a vital part in in helping people who are oppressed and discriminated uh um in 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 work um you know particularly in you know for this current current discussion particularly trans people and trans women now now that all said of course it 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 isn't inevitable. We also need to pursue, you know, uh, the kind of ideological argument and battle. Like there were, um, you know, if you look at the big industrial battles recently, a lot of them have been, you know, for, for uh, you know, including the, uh, the R- R- RMT union. I know like comrade, comrades here and elsewhere have, have, have had to also been fighting so it's, I'm talking about kind of, you know, like class struggle in terms of strikes and so on. But the, I know comrades of ours within the RMT union have, have been fighting a lot of transphobia and reaction politics within that. So in no sense is there an inevitability that class struggle leads to kind of progressive politics. But class struggle is also at the centre of how we fight for a better world. Um, 